0: Welcome to the JMAC TRIES Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show dedicated to bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity. As always, I'm your host Jason, and this is the JMAC Tries podcast. Today's guest, another great one, it is Tina Kunzbeck, and you could find her on Instagram at Training to Enjoy Life. And we talk a lot about why she's training so much to enjoy life and what she's doing and what she's overcome in the past numerous years. She started her career in endurance sports as a pro cyclist on the women's tour and we talk about that. She did her first Ironman race about 10 years ago and qualified for Boston in 2013 and she's going back next week to race it again, qualifying for Boston again five years later. So a great conversation with Tina lovely all-around lady, just a fun time. Love found her on Instagram, very inspirational, and was really excited to have her on my show. So before we go any further, I just want to give a quick shout-out to a special supporter of mine, Zane Cycles. You can find them on Instagram, at ZaneCycles and online, zanes.com. Big supporter of my podcast and big supporter of my training and racing. So, thank you to them and thank you to all my listeners. I truly appreciate you guys, the likes, the comments, the shares, and all the positivity. So, that's all I have for you today. Without further ado, Miss Tina Koonsbeck. Good morning, Tina.
1: Good morning, Jay. How are you? Jason, how are you doing?
0: You could call me whatever you want. I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to make your own nickname. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, what should I call you? I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the, the best and the worst about social media is we only know each other by, by, our, uh, by our social handles and have no clue what their real names are. I
1: know. I know. That's so pathetic. It's like I see all these amazing people and I'm like, I don't even know their names. I just know they're like, you know, so-and-so-so running, like, the whatever. So it's like, I feel so bad that I don't even know their name. <laughs> but I know everything else about them, though.
0: <laughs> yes. Deepest, darkest secrets and what they look like with barely any clothes on, but don't know
1: <laughs> I guess that's the cool thing about, about uh, social media is that you can kind of be at least still a little bit secretive about, the, you know, not exactly giving everything out, so...
0: Yeah, hide, hide a little bit behind the curtain. Exactly. Just enough. It's just
1: enough. Yeah, exactly. Just enough to make people really curious. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then and then pull it out of them in a podcast.
1: Exactly. Okay. And then talk about everything.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. So how's your training going?
1: My training now was off to a, a little rough start. Um, I had a ongoing just kind of a snowball effect injury that led into when I self-diagnosed my a. Uh, uh, stress fracture um never had one before and it was just something that i totally took me off guard because i really tried to take good care of myself but long story short short because of being you know not wanting to take a break being the typical type a triathlete and ran through you know all those weird feelings and never took a break last year and it just by the end of the year it ended up being a you know giving me a problem where i could not run So, I was very frustrated leading up to, um, you know, I was starting to train for the Boston Marathon next year, um, and lo and behold, I had to stop and switch to, I mean, the good thing about being a triathlete is that I was able to do a lot of cross-training, and and I think it actually, in the long run, ended up being a good thing because I did a lot more um, strength training and core stuff to kind of try to... Uh, strengthen all those issues that i had going on last time last year so it wouldn't happen again and i actually kind of feel stronger going into this marathon than i have in any other marathon so i guess it was a bless- blessing in disguise but um so now after my colds i've had a i think like everybody i i see on on uh, in, on social media now is kind of like you know getting hit either by this cold or has already been through the whole like couple week cold thing. Yes. And um oh my goodness, it was nasty. So I'm finally like able to talk and not cough up a lung and <laughs> um, you know, blow out, you know, all kinds of nasty stuff while I'm running and um <laughs> so I'm finally like on track. And I'm like, you know, a month away from the race, but I'm but like I said, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good, knock on wood. So
0: that's great. So, so let's backtrack third, just one second. So, you qualified for, Bo- so you're running Boston 2018. Where, as of recording this, it's about a month away. But yes. did did you qualify for it to run in 2017?
1: I did. I I, when did I qualify? And
0: t- because you said you had a stress fracture, so I did. I did put the timeline together.
1: Yeah, I actually it was a late, um, at the end of 2016. I did a marathon and I I actually was just kind of doing it with a friend who en- ended up getting injured. And I was like, well, I've pretty much done all the training, so I'm going to do the race. And it was just one of those, you know, Oh, like days where everything kind of like fell in line. i was yes. feeling good. And I'm like, I'm going for it. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I ended up finishing PRing and, um, qualified for, for Boston again. And, um, so that's why I think, last year, 2017, I just kind of focused on um, triathlons. I did a half Ironman. Well, I, I take that back. I attempted to do a half Ironman and um, put a lot of pressure on myself and unfortunately um, did not, did not finish because I, because I put too much pressure on myself oh, and <laughs> yeah, it was just one of the, one you know, a horrible experience at the time, but I definitely, you know, I learned a lot from it and I feel like it's kind of, you know, made me a stronger, you know, triathlete. I think just from learning through that experience, but um, and just made me kind of realize that I'm not a pro. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> relax, just enjoy. Because the year before I did it for fun, and I, I pr, you know, my my fastest half fireman. So I'm like, just you know, get back to that point. And so that's that's my goal in 2018. I'm gonna, um, you know, enjoy Boston. Um, I was actually I ran Boston in two thousand thirteen um and was there during okay. the whole you know the the Boston bombings and Oh God. Yeah, so that was a very crazy and emotional experience and um had uh you know just a lot of a lot of emotions after all that kind of um going through that. So I wanna be able to go back to, to Boston. I mean it's gonna be it's going to be hard. I think I finally, you know, five years later, I've gotten to the point where I actually feel like I can think about the marathon again and not like having the anxiety attack. So um, Mm -hmm. that's why I was kind of at the moment when I qualified for Boston, I felt like it's time to go back. You know, I, I had that time to kind of, um, kind of think things through. I mean, I wasn't necessarily at the finish line when everything happened. I, um, my friend and I ran together and I really believe that if it wasn't for her kind of pushing me through that race, um, I probably would have been a lo- little bit slower and he knows where I would have been, but, um, it was just one of those days where I just felt like crap and I <clears throat> was, um, just struggling from even like <laughs> halfway through the marathon. I'm like, am I going to finish this? And I just, you know, I wasn't feeling well and, um, but fortunately finished and, uh, Right after, I'm I'm thinking probably like about 20 minutes. It's kind of hard to to figure out, but um, sure. with the the way the different waves and stuff like that, um, but uh, we were getting all of our our clothes and our dry our dry clothes and all that stuff and changing whenever whenever the bombs went off, and so we were coming back to meet up with family, and then that's when we tried to take a um, one of the the metro. And there was a, a police officer standing there, and he explained what happened. And we're like, we just couldn't believe it. you know, we went from such a high, right you know, I'm all excited to have this medal around my neck, and then he's like, "You know, there's a bomb that went off, and we're like, what you know we just didn't understand we just it just seemed like a dream, and uh, yeah, for long story short we we ended up having to walk back to our hotel four miles um because we couldn't find any cabs and all that stuff. And at that point, it was just... We were in such shock that it, it didn't even really... It was just crazy. We didn't... We couldn't believe, you know, that it happened. And so um, we couldn't understand the the extent, you know, of how bad it was until we actually um, were walking past a bar that had TV screens up everywhere. And they were showing what happened and we were just like oh my god that that is a lot worse than what we expected you know we thought like a little bomb you know maybe Mm -hmm. just something just to kind of scare people but no idea of of the extent of of what happened and it was just like and then after that it was just surreal like it was just a dream that we were you know what this doesn't happen here (laughs) you know this doesn't happen at a marathon especially the boston marathon you know it was just you know, all these emotions, you know, we were pissed, we we're scared, you know, we, and then we were just like this metal around my neck. It's like, it doesn't even mean anything to me anymore. It's like, I, that's nothing, you know, I almost felt guilty. Like I just, after, after I really did struggle for a while after, um, after the race that just all the different emotions, you know, that, um, I kind of came with just everything. We weren't there, but we kind of, you know, we Mm -hmm. were there and um, still just, you know, I, I remember the days after just like watching the TV of everything unfolding and, and um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was just a really crazy experience to go through. And um, so now I'm, like I said, five years later, I feel like, I want to go back and, 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 uh, experience it, you know, and actually be able to, you know, hopefully if I'm healthy <laughs> to finish that cross, cross that finish line to, you know, get that medal again and, and to be able to enjoy it and, and, uh, you know, go party afterwards. And so I'm looking forward to go back. So.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'll sure a lot of um, the people that we train with and, my listeners are in the same boat, especially. It, I didn't realize it's a five-year anniversary. So, um, but so you're but you're feeling healthy after you got I, your, your sickness and yes. So, so a month out, are you have you done your your final long run yet? I'm I'm almost there. I have um, I've kind
1: of I had a really I had to really tweak my training between the. Um, <laughs> the stress fracture and then, um, and then with a the sickness and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like really not, this is not my typical marathon training program that I'm, that I'm trying to follow. But, um, excuse me. So I had to, um, like this week is a kind of a recovery week. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, uh, so I'm going to be doing my long run my longest will just be 20 miles i pretty much a, a anymore my age
0: Yeah, <laughs> our age you could say our age
1: <laughs> our age i pretty much just like you know anything over 20 i'm good you know i'm just like i get my 20 miler in i'm happy i i know i'll be able to finish um you know just it's just at that point it's just a matter of just getting my body used to just that you know getting, getting on the uh, track of eating when I should be eating and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I'll be, I'll be good, but I'm actually kind of, my, my last couple of longer runs were, um, were actually better. They went better than I expected. So okay. even if this 20 miler doesn't go great, I mean, fortunately, I guess that's the good thing with the experience. Um, I know I'll be, I know I'll be good to go. So
0: and what number marathon is this? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: Uh, top of my head, <laughs> I think like six ish. So, yeah. like, yeah, because I guess including because I did do an Ironman um, ten years ago. Oh no, more. It's been more than that. Probably about twelve years ago. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was that. The marathon in Ironman was my second marathon. But um, yeah, I never, I never in a million years thought i would ever qualify for boston so if anybody's listening to this (laughs) if you even get a glimmer of hope like that that's just what happened to me i did a half marathon and um i did my fastest you know half and i was kind of like wow wow because i i have no running background i came from cycling and so um i had that glimmer of hope like well maybe if i just train hard enough i can maybe qualify for Boston and um so my um I want to say like my second or third my I think it was like my third marathon oh no I'm sorry uh, it is you know when you get to be our age you forget things <laughs>
0: you know they don't <laughs> all all matter it all
1: just it does you just kind of like oh gosh no, that, no, that marathon. Oh no, no, wait, wait, (laughs) no. But it was probably like maybe my third or fourth marathon that I was thinking that, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. So, um, and it was, it was like one of those cold moments where it was like, you know, it was slow motion. It was like in a movie where I crossed the finish line and I was like, I did it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, if I can, if I can, uh, you know, shoot for a goal, then if there's any hope for anybody else, if you're thinking about shooting for anything, just, you know, put, to, put the effort and the work and the, you know, uh, uh towards it and, and you, you can do it. I mean, gosh, if I can do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you – and I appreciate you being so humble. I mean, you don't have a running background, but you kind of glanced over the fact that you did race professionally as a cyclist for many years.
1: Yeah, and I I think, you know, obviously triathletes and, and, you know, runners, whatever, we we know that – or at least, you know, you get to a point where you understand that a lot of it's mental. I mean, if you – if you can put your mind to it and, and, you know, put forth the effort and stay healthy, you know, you, you can achieve anything that you really, that you really want. And um, you know, at the end of a marathon, everybody hurts, (laughs) you you know, (laughs) I don't care the pros I'm sure they hurt. Um, It just might hurt a little bit less, but um, with all the training, but it's like, I I remember I had like an epiphany at the end of that marathon, I ended up qualifying for Boston. It was just kind of like, Damn, this hurts. Regardless whether I go fast or whether I go slow, so why don't I just get this freaking thing over with and, right. and go? <laughs> and that's, well, that was kind of like my aha moment. I'm like, okay, well, you know, so there is a little bit something in there. It's mind over matter. But um, yeah, I really, um, I think I guess my bike racing days probably have uh, have kind of you know pushed me. And I and and with even with bike racing, and um, I was not by all means. The fastest the the you know the 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 best climber i was i was probably more of like the the filler of the in the in the peloton it was just like well, okay well we need to have at least you know 100 plus females here let's i'll i'll, I'll kind of hang in there and try to do my best to just kind of do whatever i can but but uh, yeah bike bike racing was a pretty i learned a lot a lot from from those years as well
0: how did you get into that? What's the what's the quick backstory? And then um, into your
1: I actually through my husband. He was bike racing um, like regionally at the time, and we.
0: Uh, Tina, what year is this? I'm sorry, how long? Ago this oh gosh, this would
1: have <laughs> been <laughs> again. You're asking the old person here. <laughs> um, I, this would have been like in 90. I'm gonna yeah. yeah. We were we were very young when we met. I was I was still in high school, so I this would have been like 92, 93. And I'm from Altoona, Pennsylvania, and if anybody out there is listening, that's that's race bicycles. Um, The Tour de Tuna was a really big race, and unfortunately, it no longer is is a race. Um, But it was really an amazing race because it actually gave the same amount of prize money for women as it did for men. And it was a six-day stage race that was just bloody hell. I mean, it was like... It, it was a really, really challenging stage race and, and had pretty good money and got a, a lot of big name um, cyclists here in the area. But um, so I just, you know, from years of watching that and then my husband getting me into to bike riding and um, it just kind of took off from from there. I, we tried to put together, or we didn't try. We did put together a woman's cycling team because at the time it was like, when I wanted to race, I couldn't find any teams to be on, so I'm like, "Well, I'll just make my own." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and um, so, actually, like through year after year, just having the connections of um, actually from the, the uh, uh, directors from the Torta Tuna actually gave us some really good contacts. And year after year, we ended up increasing our budget. And by the um, uh, last year that we had the team. I think it was like around a hundred thousand dollars, which was huge for a women's cycling <laughs> team. And, um, it was amazing. We had, we had some really good cyclists that year. Um, we had, you know, some Olympian, an Olympian, um, we had a couple, you know, uh, you know, previous world cup winners. And, um, so that, that was a really, that was a really cool year. Um, it was, we actually had a, a, a one of our women on our team, Dede Demet Berry, who came out of, well, she was a humongous, like, star and then took, needed a break because she started racing at an early age. And um, she kind of did a comeback on our team. <laughs> at her first race back, she ended up winning, like, the Montreal World Cup. And it was just like, okay, well, she's a one and done. <laughs> she's right. she's going to get so many more offers that we can afford to keep her on the team. And, it, and, it, and the funny thing is my coach at the time had a team, T-Mobile, and um, he ended up, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, but I got to have her. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, but uh, but it was such a cool experience. I mean, it was um, one of those things where, again, I was the filler, so I, I was not the the strongest you know rider but i you know work my my ass off and um to do what i could do and um so it was just really cool to uh that that race they as soon as you got behind a certain amount of time they they just pulled you and because it was like a a, like a big loop that you did and so i actually was at the finish line watching her win uh, um the, the world cup race for our team it was just like such a cool experience but um yeah. So, um, yeah, it just got to the point where, um, you know, bike racing is not for, I mean, even for, for, for anyone, it's not an easy sport by all means. I mean, we pretty much, I had to have at least a part-time job because, you know, right. you, you just don't make, you don't make much money <laughs> yes. cycling, unfortunately. And for, for women, I mean, we, I don't know how it is now. Um, but we didn't have like a pro card like the men do. Um, we pretty much, we just had the, we have the categories that you just kind of advanced based on like how well you do and how many races you do. So it went from like citizens where it's just basic, anybody can do it. And then um, category four was like the beginner and then up to category one. So pretty much once you made cat one, you're, you were pretty much a pro. And at that point it was just like, you know, you gotta kind of prove, you know, that you're worthy of being on a team and, You know it's just it was it was rough it was really hard just all the traveling and it's just you know it's expensive sport i mean think about it if i mean triathlon's expensive um cycling's just almost as expensive but you're pretty much you know when you're at that level you're trying to make it go so you're not really working that much so you're like pretty much sleeping on people's couches in you your know. car in your car you know it's just it's it was it was tough but it was a very you know I wouldn't change it for the world I got to meet some amazing amazing people and got to do some really cool races um I think my favorite race was <laughs> my favorite race was they had a um, one down in bermuda It was -hmm. it was a stage race, so of course I was like, I'm gonna go there and do that race. (laughs) Three weeks, (laughs) (laughs) sure. And the greatest thing is they actually helped pay for because they couldn't get anybody there because they did it during like the hurricane season. (laughs) So go figure. And um, so like yeah, I think I'll pass on that one. But me, I'm like I I'm going. And um, so it was kind of like one of those things where I don't necessarily remember racing too much. I just remember hanging out and. Um, it's just a beautiful island, but yeah, it was a it was a that was a really cool a cool experience, so
0: but um you were saying that one of one of my past guests, Ivan Dominguez, is bringing back some cool memories of your days doing this and, uh, and then but then he made the transition from from cycling to triathlon. How did you make that transition? Was it right away, or was it just something that kind of happened?
1: You know, it was when I kind of decided. Well, I didn't really decide. It was it came to the point where I'm like, I gotta pay my bills. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, I, gotta real, I gotta grow up. <laughs> you
1: know, I gotta I gotta grow up. So, um, I retired from cycling, and um, so I I was going back into the real world. And, um, and you know, after like a year or two of not having that competitive, you know, not doing races, I was I really really missed it because I mean I played basketball up through from like grade school up through college and then went straight from college you know playing basketball to racing bikes and for me it was it was really tough I mean I I remember I felt like just depressed I didn't like have no goals and no drive to do anything so I kind of just got into running a little bit just for just to kind of actually keep the weight off and um
0: (laughs) you couldn't eat like you were doing no
1: (laughs) no oh my goodness yeah um I mean those were the good old days but um (laughs) And then, so I kind of, my husband actually, again, started doing triathlons and he did an Ironman and I remember going to watch his Ironman. I'm like, hell no, <laughs> I'm never, ever doing one of these things. And then like three years later, I'm doing one. And um, so it, um, I guess the good thing with my cycling background and, and again, with Ivan um, mentioning that. You know, I, I laughed about him saying, you know, with having, being a, a pro, a former pro cyclist, mm-hmm. I really, really struggled with not being as good on the bike and in, in triathlons because you're not riding all the time. You know, you have right. to split, split three disciplines. And so my cycling kind of, in my mind, I was still thinking I was that level, but, um, You know, it was it was a humbling experience. I had I I had to kind of really change my mindset because I was like, I'm not going to be going the speeds that I used to. So, you know, get my swimming up because I like technically to learn how to swim when I started in triathlons because I had no swimming background. Wow. And um, so and then running was kind of like, you know, I just had it, but not I just need kind of to work on it to get to the level, you know, that I wanted to be. And so it was, it was kind of like where I would just, um, just suffer through <laughs> the swim, good produce, work. survive through the swim to just get on the bike and then just work, you know, hard to. But I had to be careful. I had to find that line where you know if you push it too much, then you obviously have nothing for the run. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a good probably a couple of years of kind of figuring where I need to be on the bike, that I could still have enough for for the run. But it was neat. It was just kind of one of those things where you you learn a lot about yourself. And then you learn, you know, just kind of through the years, I guess that's the good thing about getting older, um, you kind of get smarter. And, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those where I'm at the point now where I'm going to just go until I physically can't go anymore, or I just get bored of the sport. But you know I've been doing it now for at least 12 years so I think I think I'll probably continue for a little while but um but yeah I I did have to take a little bit of a break after the last Boston marathon um because I actually um had Lyme disease oh jeez so um that was that was just a crazy oh, I, you know I didn't realize the time I was bit by tick. Um, it Mm -hmm. was, it was something that kind of through trial and error and knowing my body, that's the great thing about being an athlete is, you know, what's, you know, your body best and you
0: know, something, you know, know
1: something is not right. And at the time, I mean, I did have a bite mark, but I, I didn't see the tick. So I didn't realize, I didn't even think that that's what it was. And, um, it was right after actually right after, um, Boston happened. And, in 2013 and it was just a, it was just a crazy year but um then that whole kind of year i was just i would get sick and then i'd you know feel better get sick feel better and by the end of 2013 i was almost um to the point where i was bedridden like i couldn't do anything oh
0: my
1: gosh yeah um and fortunately, you know, I had to be an advocate for myself and do my own research and cause I felt like nobody, cause looking at me, I looked fine. You know, <laughs> I was walking around, I didn't have a limb, you know, not, you know, I had all my limbs on. And, um, so it was, it was really, really hard cause I just felt horrible and just had all these symptoms that were just crazy. And, um, you know, Lyme, is, Lyme disease is, is, is a serious disease, and it's something that, you know, it's just hard to explain to people that what mm-hmm. the different symptoms, um, and, you know, from going from being so active to not even caring. I mean, I knew something was wrong when I didn't even care to exercise. That was, oh. that was the stick well that, and then I started having heart palpitations and all kinds of stuff, but um, then I finally, you know, long story short, I was able to... Um, talked to some friends that were doctors and we finally narrowed it down and, and then we just got the ball rolling and I ended up being on antibiotics and for, um, six months, um, okay. straight till it finally, um, you know, I started feeling better and then and then it took another year until I actually, um, <clears throat> felt well enough to do like uh, sprint distance and Olympic distance, um, you know, races, um, so it was, it was really hard. I, uh, it, the, my lowest point, um, whenever I just got to the point where I pretty much just went from bed to work, but work was ridiculous. Like I couldn't function. I would start a task and I could not finish it. My mind was just everywhere. And, um, so by the time I started feeling, started feeling better, I mean, it was, it was a struggle. i never, I actually, you know, at that lowest point, I thought I may never ever run again. I may never ever cycle again. I may never ever do the things that I loved doing. And it was scary because um, at that moment, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get to that point again. So it was, it was really, really a hard, a hard you know, period in my life. And um, so I just kind of, you know, even I remember getting back into running. It was like I was happy when I was able to complete a, a mile run and running the whole way through. You know, so I kind of, you know, I almost, after I started feeling better, I was purposely like pushing it just to see, you know, I think I needed it mentally to know that, okay, I've, this disease is gone. Right. You know, so I kind of kept pushing through and pushing through and trying to see what do I have limits again. <laughs> so I think that's kind of why I got back into, you know, trying to like, you know, marathon training. And I don't know if I'll ever do an U wireman again, but that's probably more just because of just the timing of the, all the training. I, I, mm-hmm. wouldn't, I wouldn't have the time right now with owning a gym. But um, I, uh, but half, half Ironmans are, are definitely something I think I'd like to um, continue doing. Like I, I'm taking a break from doing half Ironman this year, but with having to do the marathon, it's going to be too much in one year. But for me, I mean, again, mm-hmm. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. I get it. <laughs> no, but I um, – no, the funny thing is actually now I feel – I mean, now that I'm done with my cold and, and everything, um, I actually feel probably the best I've felt in a very, very, oh, very good. long time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, every day I wake up and, you know, I'll still have my days where it's kind of, it's crazy actually. And I don't know if it's Lyme related or, or what, but, um, my recovery days, like I, at least, I have to at least take one day off a week. Cause I've just noticed that I, if I do push it too much, um I do feel like a little bit of those symptoms and it may be in my mind I don't know but I just I just know I'm tired and if I take a day off then I'm I'm good to go the next day so like today's my recovery day but every time I take a recovery day I feel like shit so <laughs> that's what they're supposed to be like that means you're doing it right <laughs> so um yeah so today I woke up and I'm like ah actually you know I'm kind of feeling a little crappy because I didn't run – my last workout was since yesterday morning. I'm like, that's kind of a long time. So it's actually going to be almost two days until I work out again. I'm like, no, just take the day off. (laughs) It's so hard to like – for us to relax sometimes. But yeah, so –
0: so listen as we as we're kind of wrapping this up i i want to do i want to finish with two points and the final point would be my last question that i always ask but before we get to that i want to talk about your son yeah kind of, yeah i mean i was we were chatting before offline and you mentioned him and holy crap <laughs> I, like i want like the three to five minute story about your son i think it's pretty amazing
1: oh absolutely I, I i love to i love to talk about the story so my husband and i um unfortunately through just we, we weren't able to start a family ourselves. And again, that could be another story of, you know, maybe (laughs) an athlete and and trying to start a family, you know, went through all kinds of stuff and got to the point where we didn't know which direction to go to. So we had an opportunity to host. um, uh, There were some Ukrainian orphans coming to um, stay at this camp and we had um, long story short, we, we, Saw a picture of this one child who was, well, he was 14, 13 at the time. And so we were like, we just kept being drawn to him, both my husband and I. And so he actually looks like my husband. (laughs) And and now people don't have no clue that he's adopted. Um, So he, um, he stayed with us. And then of course, you know, we fell in love with him. We, 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 we uh, went through the adoption process and he actually was um, he was orphaned his whole life. And um, if anybody knows anything about Ukraine, I mean, it's just a, the, the region he was from was a very poor, um, poor uh, region and not very many job opportunities. And so he fortunately wouldn't have had much after, you know, being in the orphanage. So um, we ended up taking, you know, we, we adopted him in 2000 and he, um, <laughs> he's very active so we were trying to think well we're active let's get him into running let's get him in biking <laughs> and he never knew how to ride a bike so we had to teach him how to ride a bike and he did he know how to swim no but he said he swam a little bit. Like, they would go on, like, these little um, excursions or whatever, and they would go to, like, the lake and stuff. And he loved yeah. to swim. So,
0: I mean, he he never really, like, swam. I just he don't box- see the Ukraine having a, a hotbed of indoor pools. No,
1: no. I could be wrong, but. <laughs> no, not there. At least okay. not where he's from. Um, and but he he did have a boxing. Um, he was very right. athletic. He did have so a was boxing tough. background. But it was, yeah, it was. Um, so he had the mental, you know, stamina. I think um, that would be perfect for triathons. So we're like, let's get him into doing this. And I think he um, learned within a year to swim, to bike, and then he went from doing a sprint to qualifying for his age groups, uh, for his age group to go to age group nationals that year. So we went. Uh, they were Milwaukee, and then at Milwaukee actually did phenomenal and qualified for worlds the next well, year
0: for well, it for chicago and what age group, Tina? is it 20 ish it or? would
1: have been no he would have been um i think it was the 17 he was like 16 or 17 at the time so i think it was like up to 18 or 19 i can't and those
0: remember those kids are no joke at that no rate.
1: no the kid that ended up winning worlds was from colorado i i'm curious i now that talking about this, I actually would like to, to check up and see how he's doing. But he was phenomenal. I mean he he definitely had probably access to, you know, a lot having a lot of, you know, help with where mm-hmm. where he got to. But um but yeah, so he in Dima actually call, um finished um and I should have looked this up, but I want to say sixth or seventh at World Championships. Wow. So it was the coolest experience. I mean to see him achieve something and then at the time he did I don't think it was just like you know uh yeah you know yeah he was like
0: whatever <laughs>
1: I'm like oh my god Dima you just like did as well worlds you know <laughs> and um, so it was it was just one of the coolest experience I mean it's neat to kind of like do stuff yourself but then when you have a child that does stuff like this it's 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 puts a, a whole in a whole different perspective and it was mm-hmm. just such a cool experience but um, yeah so he's going to college right now he's taking a little break from triathlons i i kind of hope he does get back into it <laughs> just because i you know he is obviously really good at it but i think he kind of you know knew that he would have a hard time probably doing it and not being at that level so yeah. i think that's kind of why he took a little bit of a break and hopefully in the future here we'll get back into it but yeah so that's that's our um our 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 story that i'd like to brag about our son now but Uh, look
0: i'm a i have a daughter and whenever we get a chance to brag about our kids i want to put that out there so you got to sit on this podcast once we drop it so you'd be like look you're famous now you could be even more famous (laughs) exactly i know he
1: probably won't listen to it be like that's stupid (laughs) i don't listen to my mom (laughs) he's a he's he's definitely gone from the you know he's the typical well he's he's maturing a little bit he's maturing maturing a lot more now but whenever he was he was definitely the the typical teenager he 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 progressed pretty quickly into that stage but um um so we're just glad that he's kind of maturing (laughs)
0: that means you did it right you just wait
1: you just wait i'm sorry you know if you need any help just let me know give me a call i'll I'll help prepare you so
0: i love it (laughs) all right so as, as we wrap this up my final question is is the following i do this with every every guest now it's knowing what you know now through all your years of training and experience um if you go back to your very first day of training whether it was as a professional cyclist or as a triathlete uh, and give yourself then one piece of advice that you know now what would it be
1: gosh i i i would say to cherish every moment and not take things for granted because you know it's not a typical you know that that you could be doing this i mean and anything could happen at any any moment and um to just cherishes moments because I really you know I think at the time I took it for granted of you know my ability what I was doing the you know the um having the opportunity that I had Um and I kind of you know now I'm like I look at things a little bit differently just from what I've lived through and you know I kind of wish that I had that at that point but you know hey that's that is what it is and Um, I definitely don't, everything that I've lived through, you know, is sucky, some sucky things have happened, but, um, you know, it's definitely made me a stronger person. Um, so I, I would not take anything back. So I think just having fun, you know,
0: I love that. I mean, that, that basically goes into, as you wrap this up, you know, your Instagram handle, which is training to enjoy life. Yes. I I think that's, I mean, you just described Training to Enjoy Life just described your whole story in the in our 30-plus minute conversations. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yep, exactly.
0: Cool. So, so Tina Kuhnsbeck, nice German name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people could follow you again on Instagram, Training to Enjoy Life. And uh, when we drop this, you will probably have done Boston, but I will I will wish you luck right now and I look forward to following your journey and uh and then the rest of 2018 and beyond. Great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. Tina and I and you're you're very welcome. And it was funny when I asked you to be on, you're like, I don't have a lot to talk about. I'm like, <laughs> everybody has a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> If you've been on this earth more than 30 years, you have a lot to talk about.
1: Exactly. So exactly. Thank you
0: so much. I, I look forward to putting this out there and having people follow you and continue to follow your journey.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Jason.
0: Have a great day. All right. You as well. Bye. There you have it. My conversation with Tina. Training to enjoy life. Great conversation. We had a lot of fun. Very inspirational. Um, Wish her the best of luck next week in Boston. I know she will kick some serious ass. She's been through a lot. But she's one tough cookie. And uh, looking forward to following the rest of her journey. As always, I am J-Mac. You know how to find me. J-Mac underscore tries go follow zane cycles go follow tina train to enjoy life until next tuesday be good